0: Hello, everybody. My name is Richard C. Wilson, uh, founder of the Family Office Club. And I've got with me here today, my friend, Dr. Forrest Bryant from the High Speed Alliance. Welcome, Forrest.
1: Hey, Richard. Thank you for having me as always. Appreciate you.
0: Sure. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, you're one of probably seven people that besides my clients, just asking me for more information on tax efficient investments, I've watched you invest your time and energy in your community into becoming much more intelligent and sophisticated very quickly over the past three years on this area of tax-efficient investing, so I have to thank you for that. That's, you know, in part why we're doing this series um, is watching you grow in this area, and I think one of the most interesting topics that we've done so far is today's interview on qualified small business stock, uh, which we hope to learn about from you, and the only thing I know about this is that I've heard at your event and one other That if you invest in certain types of small businesses or operating companies, and if they fit a certain criteria, then your gains may be protected from taxation. And that's that's as far as my knowledge goes. It's as deep as it goes. And I think there's probably some other investors who are at that same level of, you know, ignorance, I guess you could call it. So I'm just hoping for you to help us kind of fill in the fill in the lines here.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, Richard. Uh, appreciate you having me. Thanks for the, uh, I'm in the top seven on that. That's, I, 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 I like that. And I know you yeah. have a deep Rolodex. So uh, uh, thank you, Thank you for that. Um, so, you know, just, I guess, uh, uh, who, who, who is this important for? So uh, QSBS, it stands for Qualified Small Business Stock. Um, this was enacted uh, into legislation at section of the IRS Code 1202 uh, was put into place in 1993. And so uh, uh, a couple things that you need to know is uh, what is a qualified small business? And then obviously talk about qualified small business stock. So what is a qualified small business? Um, they're, they're very specific about uh, what that is. So uh, number one, it's gotta be a US corporation and it has to be a C corp. So I guess, let me, let me back up just for a second. Who, who, who needs to really pay attention to this? If you are a founder of a, of a small company and you're going to be raising capital, or if you're an angel investor or private equity uh, venture capital investor and you're do- looking at early stage uh, investments, you really need to pay attention here. Um, so it's got to be a C-Corp. So uh, th- immediately, that's going to knock out a, a, a lot of companies. Um, you got to have uh, revenues under $50 million. That's usually not a problem for a startup. Um, And uh, there are a lot of different types of businesses that do do qualify uh, for this. So uh, what's what's the magic of this? If you are an investor investing into a qualified small business, uh, your capital gains can be the gains, um, you can have an exemption for up to 10 times your investment. So basically what that means is, let's say you're investing into a qualified small business uh, say you put in $100,000. So if that $100,000 goes 10x, if you make a million dollars on your $100,000 investment, then you're not going to pay any federal, uh, 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 federal taxes on, on, on that investment. So, I mean, that's huge. Uh, a couple other things that you need to know, there is a, there's a five-year lockup. So uh, you do have to hold these shares for five years, and one other thing that's really critical here is those shares have to be issued at uh, original issuance, and so that's a real big one too. So basically, what that means is, and sometimes you'll see this with some of the later stage companies, um, if if there are, are privately uh, held shares that are resold, like on the secondary market. So if you're if you're playing in the in the late stage, um, pre-IPO, like on the private side. Um, those shares typically are not going to qualify because they're, uh, you know, I know, and I'll, I'll give a few examples of some some things that we've kind of run through uh, with that. So um, hopefully that kind of gives you a little bit of an overview of, of what we're talking about. Um, so let me give you some examples. So, uh, so early stage, so we have invested in uh, several early stage companies, USC Corps uh, purchasing the stocks at uh, original issue, uh, there's a five year hold. And uh, if those go 10x, then, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, a, a 10x exemption uh, through 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 this section 1202. Um, so make sure if you're an investor and you're looking, uh, you know, make sure it's a C-corp. So here, here's here's a story. This is a real real life example. We had one of our companies that we were looking at was an LLC. That's the most common setup. Most you Most know, startups are LLCs when they start. You can convert. And I, uh, I don't know, did I get my disclaimer on the front? I'm not a CPA, so let me just back up. Uh, not a CPA, uh, make sure anything that you hear today, uh, if you're a founder or if you're an investor, uh, make sure you check with the securities attorney on this uh, and, and a CPA to make sure, because uh, if you are an investor and you're looking to invest, you definitely want to make sure that, uh, uh, or you, wanna, you need to be knowledgeable if it's a qualified small business. Um, so an LLC can convert to a C corp that, and we've seen that we've had one of our companies that we were looking at, they were starting to raise capital and they started getting bombarded with these, are you QS uh, BS, uh, eligible, are you a qualified small business? And they were not because they were LLC. So they changed to a C corp and that opened up, uh, uh, you know, the ability to, to, to get some more funds. Uh, I mentioned the late stage. Um, so, you know, a lot of times, uh, uh, questions on the late stage when somebody's getting ready to go, um, go public, the shares are resold from employees. A lot of employees get paid in stock. And so a lot of times they're, they're liquidating some of those ahead of, uh, an IPO that that's not going to, uh, that's not going to qualify. Um, right. I think one other comment I was going to make just from a real life example, uh, a lot of investors convert, uh, uh, invest with convertible notes in startups. So if it's a C-Corp and it hits all the qualified small business uh, uh, headings, a a convertible note can uh, be eligible for qualified small business stock exemption. However, the five-year clock does not start until conversion. So an example, we've got like a real-life example um, do a, doing a convertible note, it may be, you know, maybe it's a year or two before it converts into stock and then your five-year uh, window starts from there. So uh, I, I, I guess one other thing I'll say, and this is the most important thing as far as taxes, invest with Roth accounts anytime you can because then you have an unlimited tax exemption. Uh, anytime, uh, all the things that we talked about, you can have an unlimited tax exemption investing with tax-free accounts.
0: You mean unlimited in terms of like, well, it was protected from taxation in the beginning, and now also it won't be taxed on the back end because you're protected within that growth. Or when you say it's unlimited protection, um, how are you? Def- what do you mean by okay, that exactly? So uh,
1: let's say let's say I'm investing in a qualified small business. It's a C corp. It's a startup. Every every everything checks the boxes, and I'm making a decision as an investor. Do I want to put hundred thousand dollars in this with cash, knowing that I'll have a ten x exemption, or do I want to invest from my Roth IRA or my Roth four hundred one k? If I've got this money over here and I make the same investment, it can go a thousand x, ten thousand x, and I'm not going to pay any tax on that on 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 that money because that's it's that's an after tax investment.
0: It's interesting. I mean, um, part of me thinks that this could be like. Potentially abused or used in an un uh, in a way that wasn't planned, in terms of like somebody could start an SPV as a corporation and be like, oh, we're going to buy shares of Tesla within this corporation or a share or crypto, or we're gonna buy something else that's less risky and it's really an SPV, but it's under this qualified small business stock. Is that disqualified? Because it's not a traditional operating business, or is there Can you start a C corporation whose sole business is to invest the assets of its investors through an SPV? Because I I would guess it would be abused if that was possible.
1: One of one of the stipulations is eighty percent, because I I mean they they try they're ahead of you, (laughs) right? I'm sure, yeah. (laughs) The operating business eighty percent of their assets have to be in a in an operating business. Can't be an investment company. So uh, okay. it has to it has to it has to make a it has to produce something. It has to be a technology company. It has to be manufacturing. It has to be doing uh, some sort of services. It can't be just a, a pure investment company.
0: Right, makes sense. But I would guess that you'd be able to like we're looking at a chain of um, medical clinics. that are doing about eight million a year in revenue in the Midwest. And we're looking at a manufacturing company in your neck of the woods, actually. And if what we're looking at is the bonus depreciation on equipment in both cases. But if you layered this on top of, you know, okay, well, they might need to convert to a C-Corp before they raise capital, right. and that way it will be an initial offering of shares at that point as they emerge as a C-Corp, but you also combine this with having that bonus depreciation tax write-off for investors on the front end, but also on the back end, they're protected as long as they hold for five years and et cetera, there's a, an ability to stack a couple of these tax strategies on top of each other still, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, you know, getting into uh, you know if you're a if you're a, a stockholder, um, I don't know if you're going to be. I mean, there's the the company's going to benefit from the you know bonus depreciation, but I don't know that the stockholders directly would be able to take advantage of that. Um, right. But but, the, but they would as far as the uh, you know the company having those. I don't know that they would get the. They're not going to get the. Uh, flow through tax benefits that they would if they were an LP um, in, in, the, in, the invest, in, the, in the company versus being just a stockholder.
0: Right, right. Being like a passive stockholder versus like a more active equity partner right, right. Uh, type difference between the two. Okay, great. Um, I know you have to run here in a minute. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap everything up?
1: Uh, I think I hit the, the main points. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, if you're, if you're a founder, check with your securities attorney. And, uh, this is a, you know, this is a, a, a this is a, for founders that are considering this, um, a lot of. Savvy LPs are understanding this, and they're looking for it, especially if they're investing with cash. And if, and if you're a, an LP, if you're an angel investor, or if you're looking at an early stage startup, if you're looking at you know doing a convertible note or or um, or, or doing uh, stock in in a, in a company, you know, make sure if it's uh, if it's a, a qualified small business, and um, if it's not, and you know, a lot of times, I mean, we get some really early stage opportunities, so. Um, you know, it's a good time to mention it to the founders because sometimes the founders don't always know this uh, i mean it's not all that well right. known and so a lot of times they'll you know they'll kick off as a as an llc and then they kind of come back and you know try to you know change horses um so getting them to a c-corp and making sure that they go through the uh, the checklist to make sure that they're there is important
0: right right makes sense okay great awesome well i appreciate you doing this interview here today and of course if anyone uh, needs referrals over to, you know, tax advisors, tax attorneys, tax experts. Forrest and I both are well connected there. And if anyone would like to get in touch with Forrest, just please let me know. Uh, we chat pretty much every week or two. So happy to make a connection to him and his group at the HSA. So thank you, Forrest.
1: Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me.
0: Yep. Take care.